The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about growing your business without reliance on paid media. Joining us for Organic Growth Week is Morty Oberstein, who is the new head of communications at SEMrush, which is an online visibility management SaaS platform that has been used by over 7 million marketers worldwide. SEMrush is an all-in-one marketing suite that consists of more than 50 products, tools, and add-ons that help companies market better online. And in addition to being our guest today, SEMrush is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Morty and I talked about why marketers are reprioritizing organic growth. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about what data you need to set your SEO strategy. All right, here's the second installment of Organic Growth Week with Morty Oberstein from SEMrush. Morty, welcome back to Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me back. Always good to have you on the show, Morty. Yesterday, we talked about the reprioritization by marketers, why organic is becoming a bigger thing. Sure, performance marketing, paid marketing obviously has its place in the world. I called it the sugar of marketing. It's an immediate blast of energy. But organic growth is something that will help you grow over time. It's the broccoli. It's something that if you do it consistently, if you're creating content, cultivating channels, building audiences, you build relationships, not only with your audience, but with things like search engines. And they start to take that signal and build sustainable growth that you don't have to pay for over time. And so, all right, that sounds interesting. If I want to build a business for the long haul, I'm not just going to put all my money into Facebook and Google and my performance ads. I want to start growing something that I can own. Talk to me about what data you need to actually set an SEO strategy. Wow, we could be here for like hours. It depends. That's a typical SEO answer. You'd make a great consultant. Yeah, I would. So like, for example, if you're an enterprise SEO operation, you probably want to split test and see what works, what doesn't work for a lot of things. Shout out to Split Signal, one of the SEMrush's tools. But if you're a local business or an SME, if you just want to understand the basic metrics. So of course, you have Search Console, Google Analytics. You can do keyword research. You can track your rankings. I'm not going to give you any of those answers. I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to what we spoke about yesterday a little bit. 
that what you do and what Google does is a relationship. It's a back and forth. And what you want to use data for is to understand that relationship, like what's actually happening. How is Google relating to you? And therefore, how should you relate to it back? Let's break this conversation into two parts. There's the brands that are starting net new and have to do their keyword research and figure out what Google is interested in for their topics. And then there's a brand that already has a signal, right? And I think most of us are working at places that has some data. We're not all startup marketers launching something net new right now. So let's start with, uh, you know, I've got a brand. I'm the new SEO in town, or I'm the new person taking over digital marketing at a company. What should I look at to understand what Google's relationship is with my content, where there are opportunities? How do I figure out to set my SEO strategy when I've got some data? So think of Google like a ping, right? Yeah, if you've ever seen The Hunt for Red October, one ping, please. So Sean Connery calls for the ping, they shoot at a ping. Boom. Hang on. There's people under 40 that are listening to this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. The Hunt for Red October is a movie where submarines are underwater trying to figure out where they are to blow each other out of the water. Right. And Sean Connery, who's Russian, sounds very much like he's Scottish and calls for one ping, please. Yeah. And he shoots out the ping. Well, Google's shooting at a ping. Google's shooting out sonar. It's going to get a sound back. And the question is, what sound is it going to get back? And you need to understand that. In other words, if you have something already, the best place to start is to understand how Google understands you. Where are you ranking? Where are you not ranking? What kind of content are you ranking for? What kind of content are you not ranking for? Really easy way to do this. Let's say you have your content built out according to subfolders. Let's say you just make it really simple. You are an e-commerce site, you have a blog and you have your shop. Well, let's assume that all of your blog posts are under a subfolder for blog and all of your shopping stuff is under a subfolder for you know shop. Where are you ranking? Are you ranking for the blog content? Or are you ranking for the shopping content? If you're ranking for the blog content, that's great, but you kind of want to rank for the shopping content too. Why is that happening? Why is Google understanding you in terms of your blog, but not understanding you in terms of your shop? What I'm hearing from you is the first thing to do is you're looking at page structures. You're looking at page types and saying, all right, I've got these subfolders or these types of content. Hey, look, if you're using a B2B example, my knowledge hub, my resources get crawled and Google loves that content because it's educational, but my product pages aren't and my homepage doesn't rank for the keywords that I want to. You basically are looking at the various page types on your site. There's also a couple different ways to slice up the pie here, which is not just based on page types, but also content types, right? My blog posts do well. My definitions don't do well. You know, in my case, my podcast pages do well, but my category pages don't. Talk to me about the various types of content and how you figure out which ones of those need optimization. There's a million ways to slice this. Even within, your, let's say you're just a blog site. You have multiple categories. You're talking about X, you're talking about Y, you're talking about Z. And you're not ranking for X, but you're ranking for Y and Z. Right. So you want to understand why is that happening? What are you doing differently? So what are the data sources you look at to figure that out? First off, you can look at Search Console itself, which is a Google property. So you can see which pages are bringing in impressions. You can see average rank. But if you go into Search Console, you'll see, okay, these are the keywords that I'm ranking for, or that are bringing in impressions, or that are getting clicks. And you can see what pages those keywords are representing. Now, why are those pages right? If you see pages that are there, great. If you see pages that aren't there, well, why aren't they there? Now, the Search Console is great. It's probably the integral SEO tool that it's a Google property, but you're going to need to go a little bit deeper. And for that, you're going to need an SEO platform such as SEMrush. I'm not here plugging myself and the tool. 
I'm saying if you want to do this properly, you're going to need to do that. And there's a million ways you can do this. One way I particularly like to do this is by looking at, you can analyze your paid, your, your site traffic by subfolders or by subdomains. That's a really easy way to see where you're getting traffic from and why, and why you might not be getting the right traffic. So my takeaway is you're looking at Google Search Console. Google's property used to be called Google Webmaster Tools. It's actually had a couple different names. And that's telling you the what. What am I ranking for? What are the pages? What are the things that people are searching for to get to my site? Is my site being crawled? What's my relationship with Google? The why is something that's difficult from Search Console. And that's really where you mentioned SEMrush. Let's throw it out there, a sponsor of this podcast, this specific episode, a great supporter of the MarTech podcast. There are other platforms out there as well. SEMrush, Ahrefs, Conductor, Search Metrics. There's a million of them. And for cases of you know this conversation, SEMrush being a sponsor of the podcast, SEMrush is the best. Go use that one. But not to get too far into selling, the platforms that you can use are going to tell you what. It's all about how you use them. And the way I recommend using them is to sort of profile your site and profile your competitors. Where are you ranking? Where are they ranking? What page are you ranking for? Were there shifts in the rankings? Did you change something and now all of a sudden the rankings have gone down? What does that tell you? But ultimately speaking, you have to put your mind to the data. So if you see, for example, let's say you profile yourself next to your competitor. You realize that for these keywords, I rank. For those keywords, they rank better. Well, the obvious thing to do is to go see what your competitor is doing and compared to what you're doing and see why is what they're doing working, what I'm doing not working. Data is always going to point you to a certain place. What you're going to do with it depends on your analytics, not your analytics like Google Analytics, your analytical ability. You're going to have to be able to put some brain power to the data that you're seeing in order to figure it out. And I'll say this, you have to use the data in combination with the actual search results page, the SERP, and the content found on your site and on your competitor's site, if you really want to understand why what's happening is happening. There's the notion of ranking factors, which is something that Google says doesn't exist, but obviously it does. There are different things that Google looks at, signals that they look at to figure out where you should rank. And they just don't want to use the term ranking factor. But of common ranking factors that I can think of, there's technical SEO, right? How does your page perform? What's your site speed? Is your page crawlable? All of the sort of functional stuff that makes your site, is it mobily compatible? All the basic blocking and tacklings for your website. We're going to table those for a second. There are content ranking factors, which are what's the subject? What's your overall brand? And how does Google view you in terms of an authority on the subject? What media do you have on the site? What are the links that people are sending to the site? So there's a whole bunch of different factors that you can think about that are going to be signals. And it seems like the platforms are great for telling you what signals you need to add and what signals are maybe not super useful Talk to me about ranking factors and how do tools like SEMrush help you understand how to basically flush out and optimize a piece of content? I'll think of it like this. There's what gets you onto the field, but in order to get onto the field, you first have to get into the stadium. But there's certain things you just have to have set up that if you don't have them set up, you have no chance. So Google has signals. It has confirmed some signals. It says this, yeah, we do use this, we don't use this. What you don't know is the strength of a signal, the combination of the signal. And what the problem with the ranking factor mentality is sort of Google's trying to get a holistic understanding, combining all these signals to form one master picture. And focusing on one signal completely removes the notion of what's actually happening in reality. 
However, I'll say there are foundational things you have to do. For example, if you can't be crawled and indexed by logical possibilities, you cannot rank. So for example, if for whatever reason, this happens, by the way, if you're migrating your site often, you'll put a no index meta tag onto a page while you're in the sandbox and forget to remove that when you go live. Now, Google, that means that Google cannot crawl or index that page and therefore can't rank. It's not in the index. So tools will tell you your technical health. It'll say, hey, on this page, you have a no index tag. You might want to remove that. It'll tell you, for example, if your canonical tags maybe are messed up. It'll tell you if your structured data errors. It'll tell you if you have broken links. All of these things that prevent Google from accessing your content properly, the tool can tell you that. It can tell you if your pages are too slow. At the same time, there's on-page signals. For example, you might have no headers on your page. You might have broken internal links. You might not have a title tag set up. So the tools can help you understand where those problems are. It can tell you where your content might be too thin. Tools such as SEMrush can even give you some ideas, some foundational basic ideas of what you might want to add in. We have a great tool that I use this one a lot. You can throw in content. It'll tell you how readable it is, the reading level. It'll tell you the tone, if you're consistent or not. It'll tell you if the content is SEO optimized and some basic foundational things that you might want to add in to make it optimized for search. Tools are really good at helping you get that foundation set up. But ultimately speaking, to get onto the field, you're going to have to do things like you mentioned before, by being an authority, by creating topical relevancy, by having a strong identity. And that's where you have to use that data and understand where it's pointing to and make the connection between what's happening by having a conceptual analysis of the data relative to what you're seeing on your site and your competitor sites and in the data itself. Now, we mentioned there's this scenario where you've got data. You can go into Search Console, take a look at the different page types, figure out what's happening on those pages. And you're really doing sort of hand-to-hand combat, doing one page at a time, adjusting each individual page and content to make sure it ranks. Then there's the scenario where I'm launching something net new. I want to build the world's greatest website. I used to be the founder of a guitar lesson website. And before we started our content-driven marketing approach, we had to figure out where there were content gaps in the guitar lesson space. So how do you figure out, well, I'm, I'm net new, I'm launching a new website, what content should I make to start to expedite the growth path and build a relationship on search? So this is a combination of you and tools. A tool is never going to really be able to tell you who your audience is, meaning, I don't mean who they are in terms of your audience demographics. Yes, tools can tell you that. But tools are not empathetic. You're empathetic. You can understand your audience. You can understand what they need. You can understand with their journey. However, tools are really great at helping you under breakdown topics. What I'll do is if I want to write about a topic that aligns to my site, by the way, like it's the first thing you have to focus on your site identity, understand who you are, what you offer, and what makes sense for you to talk about. If you're selling tickets to baseball games, it makes no sense for you to talk about mufflers on your website, no matter how high the search volume is. But let's say you are a website that sells baseball tickets to baseball games, right? What topics are relevant to you? And what do those topics consist of? What are the subtopics? What are the things that people are asking about? And be thematic about that. When I throw a question into, let's say, uh, the topic research tool inside of SEMrush, it'll give me a breakdown of all the various types. I throw in baseball. It'll tell me World Series. It'll tell me Yankees. It'll tell me dugout. It'll tell me the history of baseball. San Francisco Giants, the best team in baseball, first team to get to the playoffs. Ring a bell? Yeah, that's amazing, by the way. Out of nowhere. We can go down that wormhole, but we're not going to do that. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> right? So you get your topics, and but what questions are people asking about those subtopics? So the subtopics of the subtopics, 
for example, I actually was researching because I'm a big baseball nut. So I threw a baseball in to the topic research tool in SEMrush. I saw that there was a little card about World Series as a subtopic of baseball. Makes sense. When you go down and you drill into that, you see what questions people are asking about the World Series. And the questions were, is the World Series the same thing as the Super Bowl? Is the World Series international? Is the World Series the same thing as the World Baseball Classic? When you do that, profile things thematically, because what does that tell you? There's a lot of confusion around what is the World Series? It's the World Series, but it's national, not international. That's confusing. Baseball's not as popular as football. So what exactly is the World Series? Which tells you what kind of content you should be writing if your site is about baseball, theoretically, is the World Series. But when you talk about the World Series, make sure you include what the heck it actually is because people aren't familiar with it. So the tools can help you drill down and understand where the gaps are in people's understanding and where you should focus topically. For the baseball nuts out there, specifically the San Francisco Giants fans like myself, does SEMrush tell you if a World Series counts if the season is only 60 games? <laughs> oh, not if the Dodgers win. Correct. Moving on. <laughs> so I think the idea here outside of us making baseball jokes is that when you're doing your initial research, right, you have to start with an understanding of what your brand and product is. And you're looking for things that have a semantic relationship to that primary topic you're looking at. Maybe you come up with a couple different topics. Look, I'm a baseball site. I'm going to come up with how to play baseball. I'm going to come up with major league baseball news stories and then practice guides and tips. And then you create subtopics and you can use SEO tools to figure out what those subtopics are. And they'll actually help you start to write your content as well. At the end of the day, when you think about your SEO strategy, it's a very data-driven process. Often, new marketers will sit down and they'll just start writing. They'll just say, I have an intuition about what is relevant to my customers, and they're not doing research. Even if you know who your customer is, there's data to help you understand what questions they want. And also, you're not just building a relationship with your customers. You're also, on some level, writing for search engines as well to try to make sure that the content you're creating is hitting a topic that has the necessary demand. If you write the greatest article in the world about why the Giants are superior to the Dodgers, you're only going to get that content read by people who are rational baseball minds. Now, look, the irrational people are not going to be interested in that topic. And so maybe that's 50% of the world. Rational people are fans of American League teams. Let's just be honest. Okay, I don't need to see the pitcher strike out nine times out of 10. Morty, having somebody come up in baseball that only hits and doesn't play the field is not a rational thing to think about. <laughs> I think we've made our point here about SEO strategy. Maybe in the next episode, we should just focus on baseball or we could talk about some other marketing stuff. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Morty Oberstein, head of communications at SEMrush. If you'd like to hear more of Morty and SEMrush's tips to building an effective organic growth strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about the overlap between brand and SEO. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Morty, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Morty Oberstein. That's M-O-R-D-Y-O-B-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Or you can visit his company's website. You can go to semrush.com slash MarTech. And since you're a listener of the MarTech podcast, they'll give you a free month of their Guru account, which is the account that I use.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you haven't had a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.